previously on the Avatar Returns. You are you are the Zuko of this podcast. <laughs> I am the Zuko of life of the universe. That's great. So I'm the only asshole who doesn't know what's happening. That's that's right, as usual. Is this going to be another like Cassie and Preacher reveal? We finally see his face. It's like, oh, he's just needed some visine. Floppy Sokka is the best. Clearly, and Azula is deeply fucked up, by the way. Like, deeply, deeply twisted. Oh! (laughs) Thank you for humoring the fact that I said something. It feels like there was a piece of the group missing that I was not even aware of until Toph showed up. Eric, I'm haunted by the kiss you never should have given me. <laughs> See, I didn't walk out of that scene, and I should have. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to The Avatar Returns. I'm Paul. I'm Eric. I'm AJ. And each week we discuss two to four episodes of the Nickelodeon animated series Avatar The Last Airbender and its sequel series The Legend of Korra. Uh, this week we are uh, jumping right back into it after a holiday break. Uh, there's been <laughs> There was a little bit of a confusion on... Uh, the chapters that we had intended to go through on this uh, turns out the the digital and streaming version of the show uh, airs differently than the uh, the CD versions, which is what I had originally watched and what I based my my planning on. So uh, the CD versions is this the, the mid nineties? Yeah, the CD ROM versions. That's how I've been watching it. Uh, <laughs> Avatar Voodoo Lounge, the DVD version. Uh, anyways, yeah. So two episodes. The the uh, digital version combines two episodes into one and rather than confuse people who are playing along at home and trying to watch it digitally making them stop in the middle of an episode uh we're just we're gonna follow through so originally we were gonna do episodes 210 through 213 we're actually doing 210 through 214 that's the library the Um, desert no we actually we were gonna do 210 through 212 now it's 210 to 213 oh good lord it's like I don't even know what we're doing anymore. I know. I was going <laughs> to say, right. if there was an extra episode that I missed, I am very upset. So, yes, 210 to 213. The Library, The Desert, The Serpent's Pass, and The Drill. Those last two in the digital version are actually combined into one, which is, I believe, uh, it's called The Secret... Secret of the Fire Nation. There you or go. Or Secrets of the Fire Nation, I think. There you go. Uh, at any rate, uh, Eric and I have seen both of these series before, but this is AJ's first trip to the world of Avatar, which means there will be spoilers, but only up to the point that we're discussing tonight. But before we start talking about all that, uh, since I don't get to do this on uh, Gobbly Geek anymore, I'm going to indulge myself. We're going to have a little bit of pre-show banter. Uh, since we, we are coming out of the holiday season, it's brand new year. Uh, I haven't really talked to you guys for a while. Just, let's touch base. Let's, let's get to know each other have some some meaningless chit chat and find out uh, how our Christmas and New Year's went. Um mine went okay. I barely remember them, but you know, that's <laughs> so that's that's a that's a good that's a sign of a good a good holiday season when there's nothing shitty enough to be memorable. Or so, or you were so plastered you just don't remember what happened. Well, either either that's, way. That's always the case. I'm so plastered, but the fact it did nothing penetrated the haze of booze that was around me, and thus I was okay. No, the holiday season was fine, um, and now and and unfortunately has led into a long spout of travel. I, I say unfortunately, it was good. 
I went on vacation for a little bit, and now I'm in Austin actually on business recording probably from terribly acoustic room on my laptop. So <laughs> well, if I sound see, horrible, I apologize. You sound fine, but AJ and I both hate you because you are in Austin, and neither one of us is. So You are not one of the three heathens. You don't get to go to Austin. That's right. You all went without me, and the, your reward for going out with me is going out with me. Going without me <laughs> Jesus. is is that I get to come here a lot more now. This is my third time in Austin since you all have been here. Oh my god! By the way, by the way, the reward for going out with you is just knowing that one day you will embrace death. <laughs> also, an incredible contact drunk. <laughs> <laughs> So speaking of being so plastered, you can barely remember anything. Uh, my holidays are fine, whatever. Um, I I've decided in this young new year, I'm I've apparently started clubbing. Um, that's wow. what I. That's one of. That's what I do now. Apparently, that's my new identity. What 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 do you club? Do you club children? Do you club? I I club baby seals. No, that's not good. You can club children. Oh, okay. Or, Whichever or... one you find socially acceptable, that's the one I do. Oh, okay. Yeah, children. AJ, okay, judging by the fact that you're calling it clubbing, I'm guessing that what you're doing is going to, like, like places where 50-year-olds hang out? <laughs> no, no, no. I went to, I went to a, I went to a, I, I've been to a gay club a couple times. Uh, you know, um, when you, when you first told me this, AJ, I, I wanted to mock you, but, uh, Seriously, the I I loathe dancing. I mean, I love watching dance. I'm impressed by dance, but I do not like being asked to dance. And the uh, the very very few instances where I've actually enjoyed being in a dance environment happen to be at gay clubs. So I understand the appeal. They they certainly play the best music. So three points. One, I don't actually call it clubbing. I said that for the the for the comedic benefit of this show of this program. Mm-hmm. Sure, uh, I'm disillusioned t- now. Two, you would not enjoy watching me dance, Paul. That would not be the the dance that you enjoy. I don't know. It's... I don't know. Though a uh, third point, you're telling me that if I you said you don't like being asked to dance. If like we were in, in, somewhere where there was a dance floor and you're being a wallflower. Yes. You're being a Scott Pilgrim, if you will. Yes. Up against the wall with your red solo cup. If I went up to you and asked you to dance, are you telling me you'd say no? I absolutely would say no. Wow. That, uh, whew, that, uh, we, uh, don't mind me, I'm just chopping onions over here. <laughs> on, uh, on Gobbledy Geek, we, we tease an eventual, like, confessional or therapy episode of that podcast just constantly. We were constantly talking about it. Um, when that eventually happens, there we may have a conversation about the last time that I was at a dance club and actually um, chemically altered enough to go out on the dance floor and move where people could see me. I I would, I, I, I want to listen to that episode. I don't actually <laughs> like Gobbledygeek, but I would love to listen to that episode. This is I feel like it's a that's a great sell. If you're listening to to the show now and you don't listen to our flagship show Gobbledygeek, I mean Eric's right, it's terrible. But this is a great tease. I just keep listening to Gobbledygeek until Paul tells you the story. Paul never tell them the story. I have so many terrible stories to share that I I may or may not ever get around to. The the only um, nothing terrible happened. I made decisions that I regretted, uh, but uh, <laughs> the, the the best story I can tell 
uh, is that so there's a there's this pizza place downtown that used to be open until like three or four in the morning. So they close a little earlier now, but we still got there in time. And my friend and I were both very chemically altered. Um, and she was having difficulty climbing out of the backseat of her car. So I told her, don't worry, I'll catch you. <laughs> and I would like to point out, I, I, I caught her technically. I feel like the, what I did was the definition of catching someone. It's not my fault. I didn't remain standing while I did it. And so we both hit the asphalt hard. And I was feeling it for a while. <laughs> That's fantastic. Why did you have to catch? Is this like a, is this a monster truck she had to climb out of? Or was she climbing out of the sunroof? Or why, why did you have truck. to? She, she, because she, she was having great difficulty climbing out of, like she had to climb over. It was one of those, there are like three rows. And so she had to like climb uh, over another chair that had been like pulled down. Gotcha. So, Yeah. So this is all a great lead-in to a podcast about a, a children's television program. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, before we get to the children's television program, we'll talk about my uh, – it's not poor decisions. I was going to say my poor decisions over the holiday break, but, but I actually I didn't had even a... get into my poor decisions. We don't need to know about my poor decisions. <laughs> I actually had a good time. I went on vacation twice. I went on the same vacation twice. Um, so we went to – I won't say where it is, but we've got a, a – timeshare were those people we have a timeshare somewhere up north uh wow you're being very mysterious about this yeah in a in a quaint little well because i'm going to talk about a food establishment and i don't want other people to know about it because i want to keep it for myself uh anyways uh it's a quaint little place up in the up in the mountains in the smoky mountains um uh, we went there like for my wife and i went there for a weekend and uh had a great time and on the drive back, her parents called us and they were like, well, we're going up there next weekend. Do you want to go? And we were like, sure. So we drove back up there the next weekend. But um, yeah, there's a, there is an eating establishment at this place uh, that um, bakes what I term, what I called sex bread. Uh, it is hands down, unquestionably the best like homemade sourdough bread I've ever had in my entire life. Um, now when we go up there, uh, it's a four hour drive to get there. As soon as we, we don't even go to the hotel or we don't even go to the timeshare. When we get there, we go straight to that restaurant just so I can refuel on bread. And, um, uh, they do this, uh, sort of, uh, bacon and cheese dip. Uh, and instead of chips, you get homemade pork rinds, <laughs> Uh, which is just fantastic. So that was Paul, my I, holiday vacation. I, I don't know if you know this, but sex bread makes you fat. <laughs> sex bread makes you fat. <laughs> Man. Well played. Anyways, so that's what I did with my holidays. Now, uh, still, I, we've got one more thing, one more bit of business that we have to get to before we start talking about these uh, episodes tonight. Uh, when we last did an episode in episode nine of the avatar returns podcast. Uh, we were talking about the fact that we were going to take uh, a month off. We were going to be away on break. And Eric, you jokingly said uh, that I should come up with a quiz for AJ. Oh no. When we yeah. came back and I don't think any of us took it seriously. In fact, I completely forgot about it until like an hour ago. <laughs> 
And I was like, oh, Jesus. I was like, I'm going to come up with a quiz. And listener, AJ. just so you know, Paul has been, this is true, Paul's been awake for like 36 hours straight, so he concocted this quiz when he had been awake for 35 hours. That's right. That's right. So. Oh, Jesus. I want you to know, I'm not going to do well, because I sat down to watch these episodes today, and I was like, what do I remember about Avatar? And what I came up with was that there's a bald kid and like weather. <laughs> weather. <laughs> well, there may there may be some some uh, bald headed kid questions and possibly a Whoa. weather question in here. So okay. All right. Well, uh, I guess let's, uh, let's since there since there have been nine episodes of this podcast up to this point, I have nine questions. Okay. So, and just for clarification, this is just me. Eric doesn't have to go into like a soundproof booth while I give my answers. This is just me. It's it's just you. If you totally oh. if you shit the bed, Eric can jump in because I'm sure he'll know the answers to all these. Okay. Let's uh, let's do this. <laughs> so no pressure. Cool. So here we go. Are you going to add like Jeopardy music and shit, like sure. uh, or the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire music? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Just imagine that's playing right now. Eric, hum that hum that music for us. Um, question number one: When was the first time that we saw Aang enter the Avatar state? Oof. Um, that's when his eyes go blind, right? <laughs> yes. I think it's blind eyes. Yeah, um, he gets blind eyes, and his his, uh, his arrow glows. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I hope this is somebody's first episode of this podcast. Me too. Is it when uh, it's with Avatar Roku, right? Like when he appears as Avatar Roku, is that the first time? Nope. God damn it. No. Eric, do you know? It was on um, Zhao's ship um, and when it was in the North Pole, right? Uh, see... And he falls into the water. I, I, I will... I was going... If AJ had said that, I was going to give him credit because... I guess technically that is the first time that that we actually witness him doing it. The first time in the show that we see it happen was actually in the very first episode uh, or the very first oh. chapter, the boy in the iceberg. He has a, a flashback nightmare of when he and Appa fell in, were in the storm and they fell into the ocean and he goes into the avatar, avatar state and puts them in the iceberg. Oh, that's a good point. That's right. That's right. That's right. I, okay. I, I couldn't remember when that flashback was. I actually thought that flashback was later in the show. Yeah. Well, when I was start. I was coming up with that question, I forgot that it was the first one. I was also, Eric, thinking of the, the whole bit on Zhao's ship. Or it's actually Zuko's ship, not Zhao's. But... Oh, you're right. It's Zuko's ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, all right. Question number two. What was the name of the giant sea creature that almost ate Aang and that he later rode that he later rode to put out the fires in the village of Kiyoshi. Fred. Hmm, close. I, I, I actually don't know this one. I'm going to be, I'll be up front. I don't know this one. <laughs> okay. It's the Unagi. Oh yeah. Okay. Which is, which is Japanese for Fred. I'm sure. Exactly. Yep. Okay. So you're, uh, you're over two, um, three, where did Ang first learn of the coming of Sozin's comet? And by where, I mean, uh, where, how, who from, whatever. Any version of that question that you can answer, I'll, I'll take. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Eric? I think he learned about it at, the, at that fire monastery place from Roku. Yes, it right. was from Avatar Roku at the Temple of the Fire Sages. I mentioned, I mentioned that whole 
episode thing like in my first answer doesn't that can't you like transfer that answer to this question no no there's no okay no transitive properties in this okay quiz. all right uh you're going for 100 percent though good job Oof, yeah. um four what was the cure for Sokka and katara's fevers in uh episode 113 oh. the blue spirit shit wasn't it like the frozen frogs yes what about yes what they have to do they what uh, that's not enough <laughs> that's a hard question what what did they have to do with the frozen frogs do you really not remember did they have to? They, they they have to ingest them. I don't know. I'll give it to you. They had to suck on the frozen frogs. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So. I hate it when I have to suck on a frozen. <laughs> don't you remember Aang yelling at the frogs? Stop thawing out. My friends need to suck on you. <laughs> That's right. I can I can count the number of times. <laughs> That's I've right. Yeah. Said that. Uh, All right. Five. Where did we get a glimpse of Cthulhu? In the series. Oh, oh, that was, wasn't that at, uh, oh my God. I remember this. I remember that image vividly. Um, that was at one of the, like the temples, right? Yes. I, I'm, it, not gonna, just, uh, I'm not going to make you be super specific. If, you're, if you get the, if you zero in on the spirit of the question, I'll, I'll allow it. Oh, I feel like that was a clue. <laughs> not really. Uh, was it one of the air temples? It was. It was the Northern Air Temple. Okay. All right. Do you remember what it was? I I don't know. It was the the multi-eyed flying bison statue That's right. in the temple. That's right. That I said looked very Cthulhu-esque. Okay, so I've gotten two in a row. Yeah, good right. job. Good job. All right, okay. let's see if this one will totally blow you. What, what number is this? This is six. Okay. Um, I don't know if this will help you, but you may have noticed people playing along at home possibly will know, will recognize that each one of these questions corresponds with the episode of the podcast where we discussed oh my god things so question six uh what crazy apocalyptic scheme did admiral zhao come up with to defeat the northern water tribe in the siege of the north oh uh that was that was in the season finale right yes okay wasn't he like gonna kill the the spirits, and the moon went yeah. away? You can you you're almost there. What 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 spirit did he want to kill, AJ? Ah, uh, the the moon one. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yes. If you, I would have been blown away if you'd remembered its name. But it was Twee, the moon spirit. Oh, nice! So, did, does that does that count as a correct answer? Yeah, yeah, I'll give it. He, yeah. he, he killed the moon spirit, which actually caused the moon to either disappear. Yeah, or, yeah, I remember that. Or, or uh, yeah, it, it eclipsed or whatever, which uh, okay. robbed the waterbenders of their power. So, hell yeah! So, there's three. Good job. I am feeling good about this right now. So, I've gotten three. I'm at fifty percent. That's right. right now. That's right. Okay. Right. Three three more questions. Let's see how Oof. this works. Uh, number seven. What did Zuko and Iroh do to symbolically sever their ties to the Fire Nation and help them go into hiding when Azula branded them as traitors? They cut off their man buns. <laughs> yes. There you go. I, I'll give it to you. They ritually cut off their ponytails. Yes. Very good. Uh, number eight. Who did Toph defeat in Earth Rumble 6 to be crowned the champion Earthbender? Um, the boulder. Yes, look at you. Yeah. I remember it was it was a pun with the, the on the rock. That's right. The boulder feels conflicted about fighting a blind <laughs> girl. 
All right, question number nine. Oh, man, oh, man. Name two of the classic Westerns that we drew comparisons to when we were discussing Chapter 207, Zuko Alone. High Noon. Yep, there's one. Because I made that comparison. Yep. Oh, fuck. Uh, (laughs) So High Noon was one. uh, Oh, Shane. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yes. I'm so proud of you. Oh my god! I, was, I just punched the air. <laughs> that wasn't I, even that was, just, a, that was a mean question, by I the just way. Tried that, to, I mean, why? Sure. What was mean? It the... wasn't even about the show. That was rough. <laughs> I've got a bonus it was about question. The episode that was like, what did we say? Look, if you ask episode. if you ask a question about me, I am able. To, I'm willing to answer that. I know everything about me. <laughs> All right, there you go. I have a bonus question. If you want to take a stab. Oh. At it. Do, what, what are the stakes? Do I have to like wager something? If this, you, it's like if, a double jeopardy, the final jeopardy. If you miss this, it completely wipes out all of your correct answers. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna make this a true uh, double jeopardy, or what? What do they call that? Not double jeopardy. Uh, daily double. I'm gonna make this a true daily double. All right. I'm all in. Uh, the bonus question: What is the actual name which inspired our email lemur's playful title? Uh, the actual name is uh, the actual name of the character. Yes, Monk Giazzo. There you go. Very well, good. Very good. Yes. Seven I, out of ten. I recovered from a very rocky start. It was shaky. It was shaky. Oh my God! I I feel I am so pleased with myself right now. I am I am beaming right now. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's this bring is you the best thing thing since I I grinded on that male dancer at the club. <laughs> This is great. Wow. All right. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about is that. It's off to a great start. <laughs> All right. Well, let's um let's get to the show then. Let's bring it back down to Earth, <laughs> to the Earth Kingdom. Uh we'll start off with um book two, chapter ten, the library. So uh AJ, you're the noob. We start with you. How, I how... thought this was a really good episode, uh mostly because we met River Song. <laughs> Wrong show. Wrong library themed episode wow. of the show. Is this is that we've had so many Buffy references up to this point? Is this the first Doctor Who reference? I you know what? I think you might be right. Yeah, I, think I don't actually have any Buffy references this time out. I didn't make any any Buffy centric notes. Oh my gosh! So I know you're a different. You're a totally different person. Um, but no, I was uh, I was very pleased with this episode because you know discussing this season, we had mentioned that it was, was sort of. Uh, floundering is the wrong word, but it was, it was sort of treading water at the beginning. But then, uh, and especially the Zuko Iroh stuff was really interesting. And then uh, on our, I almost said last week, but like a month ago when we did an episode, everything really came together in those episodes. And yeah. the, 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 se- the season found its footing. And I was very pleased to see that trend continue with this episode. I've, and even though Zuko and Iroh are not in this episode at all, I don't think they're in the next episode. Oh, no, they are. They are, yeah. But, they were not in the library at all, and yet it was still um, such a – it was a really entertaining, uh, I, I thought, tight episode. I, I really enjoyed it. Awesome. Eric, what about you? I, I mostly enjoyed it. I, I, I think I enjoyed this one a little less on rewatch than I had in the first place, and I think it's mostly because that owl spirit is a gigantic dick. <laughs> and... oh, I love that. <laughs> and I just had a. Voice by I just, Hector it was, Elizondo, by the way. Yeah, Hector Elizondo. 
he did a good job being a colossal dickhead. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's. I think the big thing was that I. I think that my biggest problem with this episode, and again, I want to say that I actually did mostly enjoy this episode, is that a lot of the conflict felt very like it was very contrived. Like we needed the spirit who was angry about giving out stuff to humans so that they could lie about stuff, so that the spirit could get angry, so that. Toph would have to hold the building up so that Appa could get captured. Like, so much kind of hinged on stuff that was not previously known, that was just kind of there to drive conflict, that it was, I found it a little bit frustrating on that hmm. angle. But the planetarium stuff was pretty great, and I do like that Sokka is, was driving the plot in a way that was smart. He was really trying to get important information and succeeded right. in doing so. Yeah. Um, see, I liked the the spirit library and the the dick spirit uh wan shi tong his name. <laughs> wait 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 a spirit who is a dick and a dick spirit <laughs> two different two things very different all right things. I, I, I i misspoke <laughs> the spirit who was a dick the dickish owl spirit okay wan um, shi tong uh i liked him because um first of all i just thought it was a cool visual uh you know i'm a oh yeah i'm a, I'm a bird guy and i i like the fact that um he he looked like a spirit version of an owl of of a giant owl like he didn't look exactly like an owl when he started attacking him he got all like deformed and everything i i, I thought yeah, the visual he gets, he, he gets really scary at the end yeah and that was that was one of the moments that that uh throughout the series where like miyazaki came to mind right. when the owl like the the neck gets really long and the owl becomes huge and scary yeah the the dick gets turgid yeah um well, <laughs> but uh, but I, I liked the fact that he was um, I mean, we keep calling him a dick, but he really he is a true neutral party like his. His first well, we get a flashback or we get a callback, I should say, to the to something that Admiral Zhao had said earlier in the series when he he made some reference to actually it was in the, the Siege of the North. Uh, when he was explaining why he or how he found out to kill the moon spirit was that he had found this secret library and he'd, he'd come across this information about spirits. And this is the library where he, that he found. And it turns out that after he read all that information and learned how to kill the moon spirit, he torched all of the information about the fire nation here, uh, which is, is the big reason or, or one of the big reasons why Wan Shitong is a dick. I like the fact I, that he that he just he doesn't trust humans anymore, and he's like all humans want this knowledge for us so they can go, you know, get one up on their fellow humans, and and uh, I, I'm I'm not down for that. I I think that my problem was that the spirit, I kind of feel like the fact that it's a spirit and the Ang being the avatar that there should have been a more interesting conversation mm -hmm. between the two of them than just Wan Shi Tong being oh, no, humans can't come in, whatever. Like, I just feel like like the spirit would probably be aware of the Avatar's role. And anyway, I, so I just, I felt like, I felt like there was a more interesting version of that conflict. The show had to boil down to something extremely simplistic mm -hmm. in order to make the plot work. It, that, that's a... That's a fair point, because I, I think it very lightly sort of calls into question the like morality of what even our gang is doing like you know even if you're trying to do the right thing you know conflict like this like like having hatred for an enemy is a bad thing but it doesn't really do anything with that concept so i'll, I'll give you that and it hadn't occurred to me until you just said it eric that uh it, it is kind of odd this seems like 
it's the first spirit that we've met in the series that has had like just no reaction to the fact that this is the avatar either positive or negative like he didn't he doesn't even bat an eye at the fact that this is the avatar i feel like he will again he is a true neutral party mm. uh, one thing that is cool in here and this is one of those cases where i just will have to put a pin in something because i i we can't spoil anything but there is a call forward to something we will see later in this library episode, something that they catch a glimpse of that honestly yes. I had no idea that they had seeded this early. Yes, there's – there's, um, yeah, I, I noticed that too. I made a note of it, and I, I wondered how we were going to mention it, but uh, yes. And there's another thing like that in one of the other episodes we're about to talk about, another sort of call forward that won't pay off until much further down the line. Oh, man. Um. But uh, all right, so aside from the fact we have an I have an oh sorry go ahead Paul go ahead. Well, I was just going to say aside from the fact that the that the owl spirit was a dick, uh, how did we feel about the story? I I kind of liked the story because it showed, I mean the the group, the gang for the most part is just trying to get a little time off like they want to have all these little mini vacations and just sort of goof around. Like it feels like at this point they've accomplished something because. You know, the the point of this season, theoretically, is that Aang was supposed to find an earthbending teacher. Well, he's found one now, and so they can afford to just goof around for a little while. And, and Sokka is the one that tries to keep everybody focused. Like, he's like, no, we've, we have a job to do. Um, so, yeah, like you said, Eric, I, I appreciate the fact that he is the one that, that is basically driving this story in this episode. And I, I loved his line, I'd like to spend my vacation... At the library. That's right. Yeah. Um, oh, but the, I think the really important piece of this episode, though, is, and I, I wonder about AJ's reaction to the opposite side of the story. Yeah. How did you How did you feel about that, AJ? Did you get Did you feel any any emotions? Before I answer that, real quickly, before we leave behind the dick owl, um, <laughs> I, I you know a running joke on this show is me trying to spell the names of characters oh yes yeah uh so, that should have been the quiz i should have just asked you to spell all the character names zero percent that would have been my score so uh wanji tong mm-hmm. is the name of the owl spirit i know i got this horribly wrong first name i i it probably isn't wong but i spelled it w-o-n-g okay 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 and the second part was z-h-e-i-t-o-n-g wow that's fascinating it's Except for the last four letters, completely wrong. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a it's a three part name. It's Wan W A N. Okay. The middle name is S H I, and the last name is T O N G. Well. Okay. I liked your creative G though. The the Wang G Tong the Z H E I. That's that's. Well, I I give you, you know. I'm a writer, Paul. A, a for effort there. So. I'm actually going to give AJ a lot of credit on that one because that the way he was wrong reminds me of the way that like um, transliterations of Chinese names are often wrong, and you end up with like like spellings that are that are very a little off. And the Z H S H thing is a not uncommon way that that tends to go. Yeah. So I'm just going to say that AJ had a transliteration error. In, well, good job. on that one. You're that's, you're really very kind of you. You're really rising to the top. You are shining in this episode, AJ. Yeah. Um, also, I loved uh, his uh, foxy knowledge seekers. <laughs> That's right. The, yeah. The FKSs, um, which <laughs> the FKSs. Call, for me called to mind uh, 
Fox Force Five, who are of course a bunch of foxy chicks to be reckoned with. Um, <laughs> Beautiful. But moving along to the question that was actually asked of me, um, the Appa stuff. Yeah, that was. Um, I, I will say uh, I kind of agree with Eric a little bit. And again, I, I actually really enjoy this episode. But as soon as uh, Toph had to be like had to stay above ground for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew like there's a reason they're separating them. Like something is going to happen. And of course it did. Um, but I didn't expect it to be that. I did not expect a bunch of uh sandbenders, who by the way, much more tolerable than the swamp benders. <laughs> um I did not expect a bunch of sandbenders to show up and uh steal Appa, capture Appa. Yeah. Uh yeah, that was that was something and I I, I loved like Toph she was she was put in a, an incredibly difficult position trying to stop the library from sinking um, and, and while at the same time trying to save Appa and how, yeah, what do you do in that situation? Um, yeah, that uh, they sold that really well and yeah, it's horrible that uh, even at the, at the end of all four episodes we still don't have Appa back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I made a note on Twitter when, when, uh, I was starting to watch these episodes. I was like, here, you know, we're, we're getting to the heartbreak element <laughs> this season. There's heartbreak in our future. And uh, it was the whole Appa being abducted thing. It's rough to watch, even though this is like the fourth or fifth time I've watched it. Um, and it really has a profound effect on Aang. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um... I, I loved the, the visual. I, I love the effects of Toph actually I, I mean, I love the way that all happened, the way she was trying to divide her attention. She'd let the the library sink just a little bit, and then she'd try to fight the guys off, and then she'd have to catch the library again. And uh, yeah. how she tried to, like, solidify the sand under her feet so she could brace herself to hold. I mean, it was just, I love watching Toph do stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think one thing that we, we skipped over when talking about the, the A-plot um, is that the the thing that Sokka winds up learning, the thing that the the piece of information that they oh, walk yeah. away with, the important it, bit, <laughs> yeah, is that as so we mentioned the, the the moon going away before and the effect that had on the waterbenders, uh, they discover that um, on the like the fi- like there's a thing the the darkest day of the Fire Nation and that turns out to be a literal thing because they lose their bending abilities during a solar eclipse, right? Um, so. That's obviously a very important piece of information that I'm sure will play into a future episode. Yeah, there and there's the cool sequence in the the planetarium, which is a a fantastic concept, uh, where they they play the calendar forward until they find out when the next date of the yeah. eclipse is going to be, and that, so now they know what was it? Was it a a few months? Is that what he said? I I don't remember. Yeah, it was it was, it was a few months. Words. Yes, it was actually, and it was very, it's very close to when Sozin's Comet's going to happen, so yeah. they have some time. Yeah. You know what the sundial reminded me of? What? It reminded me of Jacob's Lighthouse on Lost, <laughs> where where Jack found, like, the names of everyone who was on the island. And... <laughs> not the donkey wheel? Not the, not the frozen donkey wheel. <laughs> um, the last thing I'll say about this episode, and I save it for last because... I was trying to avoid having to say this, but I had to ruin my. If I if I was at the top of this episode, I'm about to bring that to the bottom. Oh, good. Okay. Um, I have a note 
so we discovered the library was buried underground, right? Yeah. I have a note that reads, Now I know why some people call it a library. I just want I'm to thank everyone. I'm, I just I'm want to thank show. everyone. I'm going to be here till Thursday. Tip your waitress. Try the veal. That was that was awful and borderline offensive, KJ. That was. <laughs> I, it was. It it really was. I, it was with a heavy heart that I I, I had to say that, but I I, I had to that. say it. So I want to say that you was this was not like a joke that you just had to say. You <laughs> you had it in your head. You wrote it on your notes. And then you waited for your opportunity to read it. This was a calculated moment, AJ. This was Gervais-level Gervais offensive comedy is what that was. Yeah, exactly. It was, it, was, there was, it was so much planning that went into that. That was like a heist movie level of planning <laughs> to, to drop that offensive joke. So excellent work. All right. Um, well, now, now, that we've, yeah. now that you've injured all of us and we are limping along to the next episode – I, st I stole the oppa of the show, which was its soul. <laughs> you did, you bastard. Um, all right, so episode 211, The Desert. Uh, AJ, try and recover from that horrible ending. <laughs> um, I didn't, uh, I don't have any any jokes uh, planned for this one. Okay. Um, Let's get this, to the next one then. <laughs> this, this was, I liked all of the episodes this week. I think this was the one to me that was the weakest, but I still liked it. To me, it just felt like after the previous episode, it did feel a little bit more like a one of those episodes where you're getting from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it was still good. Um, I, I liked, of course, getting to see Zuko and Iroh again at the uh, Mos Eisley Cantina. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Playing a pie show, mm -hmm. if I got that right, though, yes. which is, uh, in my notes, I say like chess, but important. <laughs> wow. And, uh, yeah, and of course, seeing Aang's uh, emotional, very emotional reaction, he's become very um, – there's a lot of rage there, a lot of pent-up rage over uh, Appa's, dis Appa's being captured. Um, yeah, it was, it was a good episode, but like I said, probably the, the one that I have the least to say about. Hmm. Oh, so, uh, so it did drugs. Like yes, yeah. Sokka, that was pretty excellent. Sokka took some peyote. So Sokka spends the entire episode tripping balls. <laughs> friendly mushroom mushy giant friend uh, so it's i think it's interesting to note that the, this episode and the previous one and this is what's weird about amazon so the next two episodes are the secrets of the fire nation they both aired in september of 2006 together right which is how they were billed then what's interesting though is the library and the desert were also aired together in july of that year and were labeled the wrath of ang really I feel like that should be reversed. Um, so I think, or maybe the wrath of the Avatar, but um, either way, it's um, it was they were put together um, as the same. Like there was another thing, but those didn't get like collapsed that way in Amazon. Yeah. Only the other ones did. Yeah, it was same on iTunes. The it's the it's yeah, it's two twelve two thirteen wrath the Avatar. That's a I wow, think I think dark I could be wrong about this. I could be. I, I'm, I'm probably, or maybe it's the anger of Ang. I'm, I'm, I'm screwing this up now because I wrote it last night at, at near the end of the night when I was like, "What the hell is up with the secrets of the Fire Nation thing?" Yeah. And I saw. So I did this like midnight like tear through Google and found out that the previous ones had done it too. So it, viewers, correct me. It's, it's the something of the something. But anyways, they aired them. <laughs> wow. Together. Something of the something. Wow. Well, I like the wrath of the Avatar, so we'll, we'll, 
we'll call it that. But um, yeah, uh, a, an episode of a children's television program that features one of the main characters uh, high out of his fucking gourd the entire episode. Mm-hmm. If one who's who is borderline homicidal and the other one who is high off his ass. Yeah, yeah. I love it. It was. I agree. This was an episode that did not. Um, I did not love. Although I do like the um, bit of background we get on Iroh with the White Lotus. Yes. Yeah. That was which, very interesting. Uh, which that does call back stuff that had been dropped um, early in our discussions in the earlier episodes of this podcast. I talked about the fact that there, there's not a lot of stuff that they mention that's just kind of throwaway. There's a, a lot of stuff that is a lot of names that they drop in early episodes or a lot of, you know, things that actually in hindsight, you realize are hints to things that are coming up the whole pie show. And, uh, the fact that in an earlier episode, um, uh, uh, Iroh loses his white Lotus tile. That was a big deal. He lost his white Lotus tile and he had to go find a new one. Well, now we know why. So, yep. So he's he's turns out he is a grand master in some secret society called the Order of the White Lotus, um, which I think is a an awesome little detail to throw in there. Yeah, yeah, I'm a, I'm great. a big fan of that, and I and I like that it's so like secretive that he, like he just shuts Zuko out, yeah. like no question. Like yeah. this is members only. Sit out here, you little shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get a return of the rough rhinos. Had we Which seen... is the return of them we never needed to see again. Exactly. Yeah, they they're the ones that remember. showed up. Uh, they were in the. Um... Oh crap! What was it? Um... They were defending a town or something. It was not one of the good episodes. It was one of the earlier season two episodes that was not particularly good. It was the one where um, Sokka was Sherlock. Um... Oh, Sokka Holmes. Yeah, Sokka Holmes. Um, what the heck was that? I don't even remember. Avatar Day. That was Avatar Day, right? There you go. Yeah, Avatar Day. Oh, okay. They're the ones that attacked that town. And, Got it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's I, a weird I, return. I did love how fast Iroh dispatches half of the group, though. I thought it was great because we're introduced to Iroh in this episode. Um, like the last time we saw him was after he'd been injured uh, in the fight with... Well, no, it was, I guess it was the episode after that. But um, when we last saw him, he had been injured by Zula. And so we're introduced to him in this episode, and he's being a drama queen and, like, just moaning about how much pain he's in, and he doesn't want to be on this, on this ostrich thing anymore. But then the rough rhinos show up, and he kicks everybody's ass without even breaking a sweat. So. Beautiful. And, uh, Absolutely beautiful. Uh, and just in case you don't know, the Rough Rhinos also a very capable singing group. That's right. They're on the soundtrack. <laughs> hey, speaking of the soundtrack, because I'm going to forget to mention this, uh, during the scenes where uh, Sokka is high as balls, <laughs> um, there's like this cool like synth score happening. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I enjoyed that. I thought that was a, that was a fun touch. That doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me. Um, okay, I don't know how to take that. We just had this whole conversation on Twitter about uh, our our different. I'm not saying I didn't like it either, but we were talking about the differences we have in musical taste. And I mean, look, I'm not saying it's it's Aladdin sane or anything, but yeah, exactly. Um, I just, I just want to say that I I was close. It was the fury of Ang, not the wrath of Ang. Okay, 
Okay. Uh, well, uh, what else do we have for this episode? Like, stuff actually does happen here. So, I mean, we learned about the Order of the White Lotus, which is a cool detail, which may or may not come back later. Um, uh, Aang does come face-to-face with the Sandbenders. Yeah. Uh, and finds out who uh, stole Appa. Mm-hmm. And we get the first Avatar state in a while. Yeah. It feels like it's been a while, yeah. Um, also, I, I like the detail that uh, Toph always remembers voices. Because yeah. you can always recognize voices. Yeah. Um, I feel like that that's vital info. Um, and it was a little bit of a... I mean, I'm glad that Toph had the opportunity to sort of make make up for her mistake. I mean, it wasn't really her fault, but you could tell, even though they didn't really... Um, lampshade it in the episode you could tell that she was still kind of feeling bad about the fact that she couldn't protect Appa she couldn't keep Appa from being stolen so I'm glad that she gets to play a role in recognizing the voice and so when Aang enters his avatar state um, and I actually I I did have a pun in my notes oh no Um, but this one's not as horrible it's just angry 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 uh, anyway, uh, so when he enters the Avatar state, it's really bad. Like, it is a bad one. Like he, Yeah, he's going to mess some people up. Yeah, and I love that that gets interrupted by Katara, and the moment they share at the end there, that was actually really moving. Yeah, where they just, they both sort of sob in each other's arms. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a little bit rough. Um things that I like. I'm, well, first of all, I just loved the dynamic of the characters. Like I, I've seen some reviews of this episode where people write it off a little bit. And, and I don't know, maybe you guys kind of are, or Eric, maybe you are, I can't tell sort of write it off as this is just the, one of those typical lost in the desert kind of episodes where they wander through the desert and they're, they're, you know, dying of thirst and uh, somebody has visions or whatever. I mean, it is very much the, an actual desert they're lost in, but it's also the metaphorical lost in the desert the symbolic desert. Um, but I love the dynamic between the characters. I love the fact that uh, Katara got to be, I mean, she was the strong one. She was the one at uh, Sokka's tripping balls. Aang is just pissed off and all he wants to do, like he flies off for a while. And when he comes back, all he wants to do is fuck some people up to find Appa. And, uh, you know, Toph is, is depressed. And she's also blind because she can't see through the sand the way that she can see through the earth. Um, and I like the fact that Katara is the one that really just keeps them all going and she holds them together. And so I, I love the fact that she's the one that, you know, pulls Aang back from the edge at the very end. Yeah. Um, what I, what I, you know, I, I am writing this episode off a little bit, Paul, but I, which is not for the reasons it may sound it, it it's very transitional in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of things that are there because they, they move things forward but it's it's always tough watching your heroes when they're as you said lost uh, metaphorically um but what i really do like about this episode is that y- you realize how much we've been taking for granted that they have Oppa to travel on yeah because as soon as that's, they that's don't, the whole they way they totally screwed that's the whole way they found the library that the professor had been searching like his whole life for that library and never found it and they could find it because they could fly over the desert with Oppa. Yeah. And, and and we actually and that what I like is it's not just one episode where oh it sucks not to have Appa and then they get Appa back because actually the next episode is another episode driven by the fact that if they just had Appa they'd have been through that really easily. But yeah, the, these, it's interesting. These four chapters we're talking about the first the first chapter 
is like an event chapter, like something happens. Then the next, uh, it's the two middle episodes that are the transitional ones. Both of the middle chapters that we're going to talk about um, are them traveling from one place to another. And then the last episode is again, where it's a destination and, a, and an event episode. Mm-hmm. Although I get the impression that perhaps the, the next one sat a little better with you than this one. Actually, no. I, I actually think I like this episode a little better than the next one, although mm-hmm. there is some cool stuff mm-hmm. in the next one. Um, it, the next one has a little more action and a little more excitement, so it it's a little. there's probably going to be a little more to talk about maybe, but I also found that one, maybe because it was two traveling episodes in a row, by the middle of the next one, I was a little bit ready to like move on to something. <laughs> you were done with the the walking, a little bit. Oh, I'm ready. To, I'm ready to have Oppa back. I need my plot device back. I can't deal with it. <laughs> uh, you sure it wasn't the buzzard wasps that turned you off of this episode? Okay, no, the buzzard wasps were pretty cool. I like that. The, look at the circle birds. <laughs> the that circle was pretty birds, great. Yeah, yeah. I I mean I don't have the issue with with like wasps and hornets that you do, Eric. But uh, I was a little disturbed just because they were so big and I. You know, I love, it's well known, I love Sokka. I love the fact that as he's finally coming down from his cactus juice hallucinations, the first thing he does is go into a giant beehive and start licking the walls. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, Katara calls him on it and he's like, I'm naturally curious. <laughs> great, I love. Um, so, oh, and then the other cute thing that I liked about this episode is something that... I guess I always forget that it actually happens because as I rewatch the show, I always imagine Toph doing this. And then when we get to the desert and she actually does it, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's why I was imagining it. Cause she does it. She fucking falls on the ground and makes an earth angel. <laughs> it's so, it's so beautiful. I love that. Uh, all right. Oh, and we should uh, just mention the fact, uh, AJ, you talked about, how the sandbenders are better than the swamp benders? Yes, I agree with Even you. Even though they stole Abba, they are still categorically better than the swamp benders. I, I called them sand people. They're they're the Tuscan Raiders of the show. But uh, yes, um, and and Ang was about to go all uh, Anakin Skywalker on their asses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, but it would it would have been okay though. Uh, Katara would have been like, you know, sometimes people get angry. That's okay. right. That's Don't right. be hard but, on yourself. That's right. The though the the sandbenders do continue the theme of this that this show has, which continues on, which is that anyone who has a weird bending talent is a colossal asshole. It's <laughs> perfect. Hmm. Anyone who's we should, different we should, is bad. We we should revisit that idea, that discussion, Eric, as stuff happens <laughs> further in the show. We should come back to that. That and the whole midi chlorian bending. Have we reached the midi chlorian bending yet? Oh, of course not. No, 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 no. Okay. All right. So that's no, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. It's much, much closer to the end. Okay. It's all right. Terrifying phrase. <laughs> um, all right. So let's move on. Oh, I was just going to say, I think it's interesting that we, we've now added a second group, a second subcategory of bending. We had water benders and there's a subgroup of them, the swamp benders. And now you've got earth benders and a subgroup of sand benders. So I wonder if there will be sub subcategories of the other bending styles. Hmm. Moving on. Uh, episode 212, The Serpent's Pass. AJ? Uh, so are we going to discuss each one of these individually or discuss them as a, a unit? I, I mean, I wrote my notes as individual episodes. But... I think it makes sense to discuss them individually because they're okay. such distinct stories. Yeah. Okay, so um, I 
think I actually might agree with Eric. Like in in hindsight, I think I enjoyed this one less okay. than the desert. Um, so I was sort of taking the, these two together, but on its own, this one probably again not a bad episode by any means. Um, there are good things in it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I have a a lot to say about it. I loved the uh, so so this is the episode where we get a lot of, a return of a lot of uh previous characters. Yeah. We get Jet, Cabbage Guy. Yes, Cabbage Guy. Uh, we get uh Suki. I was I was happy to see her again. Yeah. Um I know I I like this episode, but it uh to me it was more it had more of an impact taken as, you know, half of a an hour long episode. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I did, Suki is pretty much what saves this. I think the big difference between this and the desert, even though they actually have a lot of similarities, is that the desert is a pretty good character episode for a lot of the the Aang gang. But um, this one, there's not a whole lot of character work going on in this. Even on um, the Zuko and Iroh stuff, um, there's just it just this is definitely like let's walk to a place mm-hmm. is what this what this episode feels like, and as a threat goes the giant serpent was just not very interesting no that um, was the MacGuffin of the episode definitely the, but this does have some nice touches the best of which is Toph using her passport to awe yes the the gate person which the, was a which is a pretty fantastic scene the golden seal of Beifong yeah. <laughs> is is this the episode did we get another cabbage guy in yeah, this yeah. episode or was that was it in this one yeah it was this one it was the cabbage guy yeah and Return of the Cabbage Guy, yeah, the running joke that I did not know existed, <laughs> that is everywhere. So, um, I don't disagree with anything you guys have said, um, but I, I don't know. I guess I enjoyed this episode a little more, not necessarily more than the desert, but maybe more than you guys did. Like, um, I feel like there was character work done. It, it seemed like a pretty jarring shift to go from the end of the last episode, which was Katara and Aang sobbing in each other's arms after he almost, you know, went all Sith Lord on uh, the Sand People. And then this episode literally opens with them, uh, you know, laughing and having a party at some uh, watering hole. <laughs> so that was a little bit of a shift, but it, it's explained pretty quickly. Aang is, he, he realized how dark he got and he doesn't, you know, he... He doesn't want that to happen again. So he's basically shutting himself down. And this whole episode is him. There's a, a, I feel like there were obvious parallels between several characters. I mean, you've got Aang who's, who's emotionally shutting himself down. He's still hurt because he's lost Appa and he's now he's frightened because he almost lost everybody else by going all Sith Lord. Um, So he's just shutting down and not allowing himself to feel anything. Uh, And then you've got um, Sokka who. Uh, is reunited with Suki and by the end of the episode uh, like he he's so hurt by what happened with Princess Yui or Yue excuse me that uh, he he's not shutting down the way Aang did but he is overcompensating by being super like hyper protective of Suki much more protective than he needs to be she can take care of herself Uh, and the the end for both of those characters is that they both learn uh, theoretically they both learn to you know, embrace emotions, let emotions happen and have their place. Like Aang acknowledges he can't shut down and he, he, he can't give up on hope. There's the, the symbolic birth of hope. And, 
there's the the very um uh the the non-ambiguous kiss between uh Sokka and Suki like there's no misinterpreting what that fucking kiss was Let's back up for a second about the symbolic birth of hope. That was a that was a, a bridge too far. I knew you were going to say that. I knew that that <laughs> that Holio, you you guys have have given me meaning again. You guys have made me hopeful again. I know what we should name our baby now. Hope. Jesus Christ! Are you kidding me? I almost vomited all over my computer screen. Well, there's there's uh, another symbolic use of that child named hope that happens in the next episode too i know which which didn't bother me as much i think it's just the fact that they had that they, they had that moment where like i know we should name our baby hope <laughs> yeah that was that was a bit i wanted to i wanted to be in that moment and that completely took me out um but as for as for the suki stuff um i really enjoyed all of that i enjoyed their non-ambiguous kiss um so my question here is, so Suki was on the ferry because, uh, like, because of Aang, like, she and the other warriors of Kyoshi decided to take a more, like, active role in the outside world? Yeah, they were at the, they were at Full Moon Bay. Um, like, in the previously on segment, it showed uh, when, it actually was in that Avatar Day episode, when uh, when they went back to Kyoshi and they were like, well, where are the where's Suki? Where are the warriors? And they were like, Oh, they, right. they took inspiration from you and they're out, you know, helping the world or whatever they said. Uh, well, the, this is what they're doing. They, they were inspired by the, by the Ang gang and they've decided to go out and help people and take a more active role in the, the larger world. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of sad though, that she can't just be part of the gang. She has to go back to the warriors now that, you know, well, they gotta do, they gotta keep that whole, uh, keep the lovers apart thing uh, we can't have we can't actually have sex on the show well i'm not saying i need to see cartoon sex i'm just saying <laughs> i don't know i mean we don't need to see cartoon we don't, we don't sex. have to but if we did I mean, i'm just saying if we did i'd be okay um uh oh and so in this one we do get a little bit of a b plot well we have we really didn't have B plots in the last uh, the last couple episodes, but here we've got uh, Zuko and Iroh. Um, th- see, they actually get passage on the ferry because they had their super secret society friends, the Order of the White Lotus, got them passage, so they don't have to take the Serpent's Pass. Unfortunately, they're stuck on a boat with Jet and the Freedom Fighters, which uh, meaning, meaning we're stuck with Jet and the Freedom Fighters. <laughs> which I I like Jet. I don't love him, but I like Jet, and so I was happy that he came back into the story. I know you guys don't particularly care for him, but um, and, and I do think it's interesting that um, the last episode of the podcast, the uh, the Zuko cycle of episodes that we talked about, or no, maybe it was even further. At some point, we talked about the fact that the B plot with Zuko and Iroh was actually more interesting than what was going on with um, with the Ang gang, and. Uh, here in this and then the next episode the the b plot with zuko and iroh is it's pretty like it doesn't feel like a lot happens i actually maintain that there is stuff that happens and it is set up for future stuff but it's much more when i was writing my a plot and b b plot synopses for these episodes there's a lot to say about the a plot with the ang gang and then not a lot happens with zuko and iroh and jet and the freedom fighters 
yeah, it, it, it's a lot of setup. And, I, you know, and I, I what I know about this season, you know, we're getting into a really big bossing say arc here. Yeah. And um, and there's definitely a lot of setup for what's going on in that arc here. Um, but it the problem with this is when you're only setting things up, it's really hard to get into what's happening because mm-hmm. there's not there's no payoff to what you're getting. It's just like it's just stuff. Um, I, I do want to say I don't I don't hate jet paul actually i have really conflicted feelings about jet because in theory i think he's a really interesting character um in practice he's often there to be a driver of plot conflict so Mm -hmm. a lot of times when he shows up you know that he's going to muck something up and that's kind of his role on the show so it can be a little frustrating to try to invest in scenes with him because you know that he's mostly going to be a dick to someone at some point um so it's 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 a little it, it i sort of have mixed feelings about jet whenever he comes along i think he's an interesting character and i'm glad he's in the show but I, he's also a headache sometimes <laughs> aj what about you how'd you feel about jet i feel like i think i think you're exaggerating my uh, opinion on jet i i don't mind jet i th- i think i might agree with eric there a little bit but i i don't mind jet okay um i mean in this particular episode i i appreciate it it's a it's a very small thing in this episode but i appreciated you know most of what we get to see from them is the stupid breaking into the kitchen and stealing food it wasn't stupid but it just you know whatever it was there um but the important thing to me was the little talk that they all had afterwards where um you know they're they're basically discussing that uh, they've all done things in their past that they're not necessarily proud of this is Iroh speaking for everybody, you know, everybody's done things they're not particularly proud of. And, uh, and, uh, and Iroh gets to express uh, his belief in second chances with a pointed look at Zuko. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I loved that little moment. So any opportunity to see Iroh, <laughs> to see like, you know, the beating heart of Iroh. I, I, I love any of that. Yeah. Um, and there was, even though we sort of writ- wrote off the, the MacGuffin, the fight with the serpent. I mean, there was some cool stuff there. I liked watching um, Katara, you know, ice surfing. And I don't know, the the, the action beat there was fun. I liked it. At the yeah. end, I did, I, I wrote a note and uh, I wish this would get a larger laugh, but AJ doesn't like this movie, so it won't. But I wrote, uh, it's, got, it's got to be better than whatever notes I took earlier. I don't know. I wrote, is this a kissing book? Uh, uh, I mean, uh, I did say the uh, the uh, FKSs earlier, which was actually kind of a Princess Bride uh, yeah. type joke. What about the FKSs? I don't think they exist. All right. Well, with that, um, we can move on into the second half of this larger episode, The Drill. AJ? Um, I, I always feel put on the spot that I, I, I get to go first. Um, again, it's kind of hard for me to see this as as its own uh, episode, but uh, no, yeah, I was, uh, again, uh, I feel like I've said this every time. I liked all the episodes this week. Um, this one was much more action-oriented, hmm. uh, I felt. Um, I enjoyed, like, uh, Aang and Katara trying to bring down, like, bring down the drill from the inside using the whole pressure points uh, idea. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Ask, ask me some questions. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, Eric, what are your general impressions of the episode? 
I really like this episode, and um, there's actually a, a lot that I really like about this episode. It's a fun action episode, which helps. It's got Azula, and every time Azula and her team shows up, the show cracks because those two are th- – that whole group is amazing, and I love every sequence with the battles with them. The other thing that I really like is we get some really interesting world bid- building with Ba Sing Se in this, which is that it is a city that is so humongous – that they can launch an attack on the city wall and the only people there to defend it are, like, the wall guardians. Mm -hmm. Like, you're not getting the army of the city. This place is so humongous that the wall feels like an outpost to the city. Yeah, um, AJ, you haven't even really gotten a sense of the scale of Ba Sing Se yet in this. Like, uh, I, I mean, Eric raises a valid point, but... Moving forward, I think you'll get a much better sense of just how truly gigantic the city. It's a city-state, is what this is. Nice. Yeah. And so I, I like that a lot about it. I, I like the, I like that we get a lot of Sokka, the idea guy, become sort of like the like codified <laughs> in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is. He comes up with a great a great plan to to take things down. He's and... also the complaining guy. Yes, we, he is, and he is quite excellent at being the complaining guy. Um, and I'm going to just put a pin once again in that we get – I there's a interesting parallel to this episode, in my opinion, in the end of Legend of Korra, um, oh. which which um, the, the mission in this reminds me in some ways of a smaller version of a major mission in Legend of Korra. So okay. I like that. But I, I, I overall, I really like this episode. I thought it was – it was really, really solid, and um, also um, Maylee or whatever her name is gets crammed into like Brock sewage for like fifteen. <laughs> Tylee, Tylee, yeah, for like fifteen minutes of the episode, she's like stuck in that sludge. They, they yeah. hold her in there for like minutes and minutes and minutes, yeah. and they keep having to have cuts of her like face sticking out, so we realize she's not going to drown. Yeah, that she's not dead. Season. Yeah, exactly. Um, which I thought that was great because uh, that. Is the is really the only time we've seen Ty Ty Lee's a fucking beast. Like she is a badass. Like she when when uh the Terra true or the Terra team, the the elite <laughs> forces earthbenders uh get their asses handed handed to them, not even by Mai, but or or May, excuse me. It, it's it's really only Ty Lee. She kicks everybody's ass single handedly. Um and this is the first time that we see her sort of rendered helpless. Um, yeah. Uh, like she just, she can't do anything. She can't bounce off the wall. She can't cartwheel or whatever. She just has to sit there and try not to drown. So that was pretty awesome. And yeah, I love the fact that that is what gives Sokka the, the whole idea, the plan. Uh, that's his inspiration for taking down the machine. Um, AJ, in an earlier episode, I think it was the Northern Air Temple, you fell head over heels in love with the Fire Nation tanks. Yeah. How'd you feel about the drill? I The, the drill was cool, and I think there were some tanks flanking it. There were. There were a bunch of tanks, uh, yeah. But... The, the, the flanking tanks. Um, <laughs> I know uh, I, the drill was cool. Not not as cool as the tanks, though, because the tanks are, like, reversible. They, like, flip over. Yeah, it doesn't have as much. It can't do as much, but uh, I just I loved the design of it, and I loved the time that they took to show how it works, how it like crawls across the desert yeah. like a giant, you know, robotic centipede or whatever. I liked um, it. 
Let's see. What else did we get? Um, we also we also get a fair amount of um, Iroh Zuko stuff again, including Iroh being in his possibly stupidest moment. Yeah. Of yes. His yeah. Life. Yeah. That was uncharacteristic. I mean, I I liked it because it's refreshing to see that as that he's not flawless. You know, he he makes a pretty stupid mistake. And, is uh, that an in character mistake though, or is that just? Does well, that I mean. You know, they they walk a line with Iroh where half the time he seems like, you know, a goofy, a goofy old man. um, And the other half of the time, he's a badass uh, that has all these hidden depths and he's a fucking grandmaster in a secret society and all that. But like in in the scene that we're talking about where he so what happens is he's got the the cold tea. And while Zuko and Jet are go off to the side to talk in the background, you see him kind of looking around like he. He's looking around. Nobody sees him, and he heats up his cup of tea. So it was careless of him to do it like that. But um, and uh, Jet doesn't actually see him do it. It's really subtle. He doesn't see him do it. He just when he when he goes back, he re- all of a sudden Iroh his tea is hot, and he, like he puts it together pretty easily, maybe a little too easily, but. Um, it was just careless. I don't necessarily think it was, you know, the, the dumbest thing that anyone's ever done. If, Maybe it's the dumbest thing he's ever done. <laughs> if if Iroh is going to be stupid, he would be stupid over T. Over so tea. if they were going to choose something well, to, to make him make a dumb true. decision over, it would be this. Yeah. That is true. Um, yeah, I mean, that's basically, again, this is the B-plot with Iroh and Zuko. That's, it's really, there's not a lot to it. Uh, basically, all it does here is... Um, Jet Jet tries to recruit them into the Freedom Fighters, and uh, they refuse, or Zuko refuses. Um, but then Jet realizes the, they're Firebenders, and so now they're heading into the city. Uh, but uh, Jet and the Freedom Fighters are following with hate in their eyes. So that's not going that, anywhere good. That, yeah, that can't be good. I'm just gonna <laughs> go on a limb and say, uh, yeah, not good. Um, what else happened? I feel like there. We should have more to say about this, but uh, I want to point out Sokka made a, a, an AJ style pun. Okay. In this episode, at the end, one he says "Angang." Yes. He does yeah. say "Angang." I, I was proud of you when you mentioned that, however many episodes ago, and I've just been waiting for this to come around. Uh, like in one of the episode descriptions, I even said we just were letting AJ think that he coined that phrase. Yeah, well, anyway, I, I was happy to think that I had. Uh, though in hindsight, how how did I think that? It, the show's been on for like 10 years. Everyone should, should have thought of that. Um, but then uh, he says, one of the other names he suggests for, for Team Avatar is the Boomerang Squad. <laughs> See, it's good because it's got Aang in it. Boomerang. <laughs> and Aang kind of liked it. Aang kind of liked it. Aang did kind of like it, so I think Aang would have been happy with Angry. <laughs> I choose to believe that. <laughs> By the way, the the Terra team. Uh-huh. Uh, I initially heard that as Terror Team. Yeah, yeah. So did I. Um, Terra Team is cooler. Yes, it's a, it's like another great pun, actually. Yeah. Also, there in these four episodes, there were so many jokes about Toph being blind, like not that... in like an offensive way or anything, and they were, they just went to that well a lot. Yeah, yeah. They really did. There was there was a lot of like. 
Yeah, when they're looking. Right. I mean, almost every episode had at least had like one of them. There was there were a lot. I didn't yeah. I didn't put that together. Yeah, when they were lo- when they were flying around looking for the library, she's like, "There it is." Is what it'll sound like when one of you says that. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, they invite her into the library, and she's like, "You know, I held a book in my hands one time, and it really wasn't for me. It really didn't do much for me. It really didn't do much for me." And then uh, in uh, this episode, Sokka says, "I can't see anything," and Toast's like, "Oh no, what a nightmare!" Mm-hmm. And is there uh, another one where he's like, "Can't you watch where you're going?" Yeah, so- something like that. Yeah. I think in every single episode, there was a jo- there's a blindness joke. I like it. Which is okay. I'm. I'm just. I'm just saying. I went to that well a lot. Um. I mean, I guess there's not much more to say. Uh, He gets a thing hand. He gets a what? A thing hand. A thing hand. Yeah. It was. I guess really more like Hellboy's right hand of darkness or doom. Doom. Whatever. Yeah. Um. Really, the the thing. Um. The thing I think about these four episodes is they were all good. And as a, as a whole, they were good. But if you really look back, with the exception of Appa getting kidnapped, there's not a lot of, like, seismic character work being done. So I think it's one of the reasons we're having some some problems, like, having, like, a ton to say about any of the episodes individually mm-hmm. is because pretty much everything from the library through the drill is about getting to Ba Sing Se. Mm-hmm. That's – that you know, and, and – and this definitely has the feel of pieces getting put into place. And I, I know I said something similar before, but it's kind of hard to talk about those. Um, a, from AJ's point of view, because AJ doesn't know where they're going. And for me and you, Paul, we do know where they're going and thus can't talk about it. Right. So I think that a lot about these four episodes is that we are shifting from the beginning and middle part of the season into the end game. Because um, from here on out, we're getting... Um, you know, we're we're going to start pushing forward into what's happening in Bossing Say, and actually, we have some pretty phenomenal episodes coming up from this point. Yeah, the so, bo- the Bossing Say storyline is pretty big. Yeah, although I will say that getting into Bossing Say, I want to warn you, and there is may, one of my least favorite things in Avatar is is a recurring part of the Bossing Say story. So when we get there, I'll point that out, but. Just a warning. There's going to be one thing I'm probably going to gripe about until um, <laughs> you're annoyed when we're when we're there. But. Okay. All right. Um, all right. Well, I guess we can be done. I have all kinds of notes about the the awesome attack on the drill and some of the the great moments that happened in there. But yeah, we can move on. I mean, don't let us stop you. Don't let us ruin your fun, Paul. No, it's fine. We got a we got a good flow going. I, I will right. say, I all will right. say, it was totally awesome when Katara froze the steam. Around that oh, that was cool. great. That was, that was so cool. cool. That was amazing. I, I also do love the idea of using water as a saw. Yeah, as as a yeah, a, that a, was I really enjoyed that. Yeah, a water knife, and I liked how um, like they really they played it long enough that you really got a sense of like what a chore that is. Like they were really wearing themselves out doing that. And and really, the fight between Aang and Azula overall was pretty good. Yes, that was that was a really I, I like. When Aang finally has to fight people who are skilled, because it's the only times we get to see him use more than air mm-hmm, yeah. as an element. So in this case, we really got him using the full the full range of things because Azula is just that good. So I, I appreciated I appreciated that battle a lot, especially not just the thing hand, but all kinds of things. And I really like his like dive down the wall yes. to yeah. to hit the hit the plug. That's a, a lot of really cool stuff. In that fight, and I and I really I can't say enough about Azula. Azula is one of my favorite bad guys. She's just she's a, a beast in battle and really gives a, a run for his money whenever Aang is having to fight her. 
Good stuff. Yeah, this was a big moment for Aang. This is a big Aang episode with all of his uh, fighting Azula and the various uh, bending styles he uses, but also the fact that he, you know, he got to apply the, his martial arts slash bending theory into an actual strategy. Like he came up with the strategy, and yeah, it was it was good to see him step up like that. Great. Uh, and the cheesy moment with Iroh and Hope, which I don't necessarily think was cheesy, but. Again, it played better than the previous cheesy moment with Hope. <laughs> with, uh, well, I, they didn't even say her name, did they? Like, no, on, I don't on think the so. On the train, they didn't say Hope, but you knew who it was. So, Iroh tickling Hope's chin. Oh, Iroh. Okay. So, that was that. Any closing thoughts? I'm glad that I'm glad that uh, our our show has started back up again. It, yeah. it seriously felt like it had been an eternity. It was a long break. I'm I'm glad to be back at it. I'm so glad to be back at it that I'm not out having fun in Austin doing this right now. That's and I and I say that sincerely. I'm glad to be doing this. This is like I don't usually I would not usually record something on a trip, but I did not want to lose another week away from from talking Avatar with you all. So. You're a good man, Sipple. You're a good man. And, and I have my moments. They're few and far between, and this is one of them. So don't expect another one for another couple of months. Well, I'm glad we catcher, captured one on tape. So Yes. Um, so that's a so, uh, – oh, go ahead. So what's next? What are we doing? Are we changing the order of stuff? I, I, I actually literally don't know because of this whole screw-up with this two-part episode that Amazon had to drop. Well, I looked uh, – uh, so I, I looked ahead at the um, – there are a couple more instances where episodes are kind of mashed together, but it didn't, it, it, this was the only time where it kind of split up the way that I had already scheduled us. Like if specifically the last episode of this season of book two um, is actually a four. I think it's a four part. Is that right? I feel like it's four what? parts. No, 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 that, no, I'm sorry. It's the very, it's the very, very end of, of, the series is four episodes and they the digital thing mashes all that into one like it's a movie yeah so but we are already planned on talking about all four of those together so it's things like that the only change i think we had to make was adding the drill the drill was supposed to be the top of next week's episode and we brought that into today so next week is only going to be two chapters Oh, so that's what we're doing. We're just gonna we're gonna shorten next week's yeah. uh, run. Actually, and you know what? There's two really good episodes next week, anyways. So yeah, I'm. I think I don't think we'll be at a deficit for for things to talk about. All right, cool. So uh, that's another episode in the books. Uh, thanks everybody for joining us. As always, you can find links to this and all of our past episodes at the website theavatarreturns.com. Uh, links will also be posted on our parent show site gobbledygeekpodcast.com which is up and running again. Apparently it wasn't for a brief period of time. Um, uh, or, sorry. Uh, or you could just subscribe to the show on iTunes and every episode will be hand delivered to you personally by our flying email lemur. Um, please feed the lemur by dropping us an email at tarpodcast at gmail.com. And of course you can always find us on social media, like us on Facebook for all of our updates or follow us on Twitter. The show is twitter.com slash tarpodcast. And on Twitter, I am at Haunt1013. Eric is at Salon. That's S-A-A-L-O-N. And AJ is at Unplugged Crazy. Uh, and as I said, next week, uh, we will be discussing only two chapters. Uh, it'll be 2, 14, and 15. The, uh, no, not the drill. Uh, City of Walls and Secrets and The Tales of Ba Sing Se. 
So until then, remember, drink cactus juice. It'll quench you. Nothing's quenchier. It's the quenchiest. Darling dear, love you all the time, I'm just a fool.